Welcome to Mums in the Making. Storm's grappling with the realities of being a new mum. And Rachel is currently pregnant. And neither of us has a clue what we're doing. And it would appear that neither do any of you. On this week's episode of Mums in the Making, we really get into the nitty gritty of pregnancy with Carla. This can be pink, jelly-like, a little bit bloodstained sometimes. We also hear from the mum squad on the benefits of antenatal classes. You know, you were definitely getting out of the house, you were chatting, you were all going through the same thing. Um, you could WhatsApp each other at stupid o'clock in the morning when you were up doing night feeds. There is a lot of talk about urine. That thing just trickled out. I had no idea. Holy shit, have I pissed myself? Because that's the feeling. It's like there's so much water. You're just like, whoa. Hi there. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. You've caught me at an interesting moment, actually, because um, I've just been peed on by my one-year-old. Uh, oh. I'm not sure he was aiming for me. And actually, I'm quite lucky. It was a lazy pee, so he didn't really get me very much. He just he peed all over the changing mat, which really slowed oh. down my getting him to bed procedure, which is militant now. Um, mm. but, but literally the other day, I had just congratulated myself for not being peed on for about six months. Oh, that's amazing. I think actually Otis must have really good bladder control and he doesn't do that pee when it gets cold thing anymore. Oh, that's really impressive for a one-year-old. Nope, not true, not true. He absolutely, he absolutely does. That's and what you get. That's the old jinx effect there. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so my, night's been, my night's been great. Uh, how are you? Yeah, I, I actually had a, a two good days, which is Woo-hoo! great. I know. Maybe that second trimester is finally kicking in. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Still waiting. Months to go. That's that honey, trimester honeymoon probably. I was promising you. <laughs> you really did the hard sell on that and it is yet to materialise. You should go into sales. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I feel like a liar. Have you ever been missled PPI? <laughs> <laughs> Have you been missled the joy of motherhood in the second trimester? Well, yeah, I mean, I am just so appreciative of these days when they come, particularly if they're consecutive. So I'm actually very happy that I've been well for a couple of days. And we've been doing our antenatal classes we just had our final antenatal class to which my mom said oh well great now you know everything (laughs) which which does kind of feel a bit strange because you have three classes and then it's like well cheerio (laughs) good luck so what did you learn in your final class nappies and washing them how to give them a bath and things and it's funny because I was just speaking to Sandy about this because I had a separate breastfeeding workshop today or infant feeding workshop actually it's called and it was very it was a different vibe completely because the couples go to the antenatal classes and this is women only and I mentioned on a previous episode that it wasn't very interactive the antenatal class and you know it would be really great to get some community and swap numbers with people and that didn't really happen because everyone was just sort of slightly awkward and then their own couples. But today was completely different because the men weren't there. And I was like, ah, see, as soon as you men show up, all the women sort of clam up <laughs> and get awkward. 
and it, it just was a lot more easy to chat to everybody when the partners well, were there. I suppose when the partners are there, then everyone has somebody there that they can speak to and rely on. Yeah. The minute the, the partners aren't there, it's not that the partners are holding them back any, it's just that they're now forced to communicate with each other, which is probably for the best, especially when you're looking for a little bit of support. Now, I think support is exactly what you get from an antenatal class, but don't take my word for it. Here is some of our mum squad discussing the benefits of these classes. Although I should add, some of them do teach them too. Hi, this is Lisa from the Birth and Baby Space antenatal classes. I think antenatal classes are so important for a few reasons. One, they give you lots of information about how to best prepare for your birth, whatever kind of birth that is, and also how to look after your baby and what normal infant baby behaviour is like, which is so important to know because it's really difficult to filter through all the Instagram-ness of parenthood at the moment. Another reason it's a really important thing to do that you meet other people in the same boat as you. So other first time parents or other parents who are um, having their new baby and have never experienced half the things that they're about to experience. It's so wonderful to be able to come together with a group of people who you can talk openly and freely about things that you're experiencing right now. So come to antenatal classes, you should definitely do them. One more thing I would add when looking at antenatal classes is to make sure that you pick an antenatal class that is right for you. So either you've had a chat with the person beforehand and you get on and that you know you're happy to have your classes with that person and that you've made sure that this person is suitably qualified, also has the right insurances in place and the right qualifications because you want to make sure the information you're getting is correct and is evidence-based with the right combination of you like the person delivering that as well of course so just to make sure that you're you know doing your homework a bit before you book your antenatal class too Hi, my name's Ali and we actually found our antenatal classes really valuable particularly around planning for the birth we couldn't get NHS classes, so we had to go private, but that ended up being a good thing, as the midwife running them was able to be objective and explain that NHS hospitals would have preferred ways of doing things that would be totally legitimate, but might not match our preferences or our birth plan, and that they would usually push for that way of doing things. She was great at talking us through how you always have the power to push back, basically. Our little boy was two full weeks late, and he was still doing somersaults, refusing to get into head down position until about five days after my due date. In the last two weeks, we saw several different consultants, some of whom kept pressuring us to have a C-section or to be induced, and others were saying it was fine to wait it out, so it was quite confusing. Um, we found out that some of this was actually to do with the schedules of when they wanted us on the labour ward, when they had availability, planning around other inductions that they had booked in. But thankfully, due to our classes, we felt confident navigating this. We knew that we could push back, ask for second opinions, and we were able to therefore have a birth that was much closer to the one that we planned. Hello, I'm Lauren. I'm the owner of Lean Into It Glasgow. I'm a doula and birth educator. Antenatal classes are so important because it's a place where you will learn all your options and choices and your birth partner will learn lots of tools to support you and really feel actively involved in the birthing space. And if you don't know your choices, then you don't have any. 
It's also a place for you to form community with other parents-to-be who could become your lifelong friends. Let's put it this way, you wouldn't run a marathon without prepping first and labour and birth can take quite some time. So it's important to feel fully prepared and that's what antenatal classes can give you. Hi Rachel and Storm, my name's Anna. I am a massive advocate for NCT or any kind of antenatal group, I think. My experience of it was that I would have gone utterly insane without my NCT uh, meetups. We used to do weekly coffees at each other's houses, the mums and the babies, um, which meant, you know, you were definitely getting out of the house. You were chatting, you were all going through the same thing. Um, you could WhatsApp each other at stupid o'clock in the morning when you were up doing night feeds. So it absolutely kept me sane um, during the, the initial throes of babyhood um, and I'm pleased to say that I've actually made some really really good friends um, it's obviously all really local to you so if you don't if, like if you're like me and most of your friends live all over the world or not local um, then it's a great way to meet people in your area it's also just a brilliant way to have um, to know that you've got people going through the same thing as you so I highly recommend NCT. I'd also say that my husband commented on the fact that the dads were not paid as much attention as he thought would have been useful in the courses. So things like um, my NCT course included one Saturday session, which was just for the women, where we talked about actually a lot of the finer details of what actually happens, um, things that might go wrong, uh, what to expect during the birth, all of that kind of stuff. Um, which the blokes weren't invited to. Um, and actually, I think that was probably one of the more useful sessions because it was the kind of hard-hitting facts. So um, maybe one more criticism is that the dads don't really get enough um, prep. <laughs> Let's start where we like to start off with, and that is how far along are you? What are you growing? Uh, what size is she? So I'm 35 weeks, which feels woof, it's mental. That is just like a long time. And so far <laughs> on in the process. <laughs> <laughs> and she is apparently uh, the size of a pineapple or a honeydew melon. I'm sure we've had pineapple before, haven't we? Oh, no, maybe not. Thank goodness she's not a pineapple because giving birth to one of those bad boys would not be fun. Well, this is me reading from the website version of the app that got you. I normally use. So unless they're just hedging their bets, I'm like, maybe pineapple, maybe melon. <laughs> I'm going to guess if the melon is larger than that's my child. <laughs> air, air on the side of melon. I've been doing that for the last five months. What are you growing? What's she developing now? So she will be practicing her sucking reflex a lot so that they can latch on. Mm -hmm. And actually, babies that are born now, that's one of the biggest challenges is that they have the suck reflex hasn't formed properly. So breastfeeding is very challenging because it happened to one of my friends. She had her baby a few weeks premature and that was one of the main things that she had mm -hmm. difficulties breastfeeding. And she she's she the baby not my friend is getting fatter <laughs> good 
can't comment on Alison. <laughs> I'll check it with her and see if that's the case, but I'm sure she's not. Um, yeah, so she is getting fatter and her kidneys are fully mature now and producing sterile pee, which joins the rest of the amniotic fluid. And if she were a boy, her testicles would be descending. They are obsessed with testicles on these apps, aren't they? <laughs> but like almost every week they tell I you think what half testicles the testicles are doing. Half the world is obsessed with <laughs> testicles. <laughs> but normally just their own. And they never grow. <laughs> but do you know what's amazing is you have oh no, you haven't, that's right, you've got a little girl. I remember when I was pregnant with Otis thinking, I've grown myself a pair of testicles and a willy now. That's quite a feat. It's so funny that you say that because we talked previously about having your daughter's children yeah already growing in their your eggs. grandchildren yeah in the fetus that you have but I remember one of my friends who was one of the first to get pregnant out of our group mm-hmm. she had only had sisters we went to all girls school which is very used to female company I think even her sisters are gay so they're just constantly <laughs> women around her all the time and when she found out she was having a little boy she was like I don't know how to compute that information <laughs> like there's gonna be a tiny little willy and, and testicles inside me I'm gonna be growing a little boy and she went on to have two boys so, oh wow yeah so she, so she learned that lesson well see um talking about your antenatal class that you went to where they taught you how to do the nappies and and do the cleaning and all that that was one of the things I was really kind of concerned about having a boy because I've never had to deal with that in that kind of intimate way I didn't know mm-hmm. what would hurt or how delicately I had to to deal with things and anyway it turns out you don't have to be so delicate um, you just get in and about it, get it clean, bish bash bosh, get the nappy on, and don't open the nappy and just let it sit there because he he will pee on you. Anyway, you don't need to worry too much, <laughs> too <laughs> but, much but, about that. But all I'm saying is, what they teach you is right, and you should just follow it. But they did talk about if you have a little boy, don't leave the nappy off for too long and go, oh, you're so gorgeous, oh, yeah. you're so wonderful, because you'll just get pissed in the eye. <laughs> yep. Is that, yes. what, is that what happened tonight? Did you take a moment to appreciate yes. your no, well, beauty? No, I didn't actually. I wasn't changing his nappy. I was taking his nappy off for bath time. And we our nursery is like round the corner from where the bathroom is. So normally, just so I can put the nappy in the nappy bin, because they smell, um, I take the nappy off in his nursery and then I'll just take him bare-bottomed round to the, the, the bathroom. And I kind of think, well, if he pees, he pees on me. It's my nighttime clothes. I'll just change them. That's fine. And so far, he has not peed on me. And he didn't. Instead, he peed immediately after I took the nappy off on the changing mat, which was a hell annoying to tidy up at that point. So he's crawling around bare buttocked around the nursery while I'm sort of lapping up this pee. Anyway, it's just part of the really glamorous joys of um of parenting. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> that was it. When um, do you start toilet training them? Two. I think I've got another year before that's on the cards. So I'm changing nappies. Five times a day for the next 365 days and the foreseeable, actually, because I have no idea how to toilet train. That's not something I've, I've looked into, but I'm sure I'll read five books on the approach 
<laughs> come up because, with my own method. <laughs> because there are people who do it from visual cues. So there are people who never have never put nappies on their kids and just learn their facial expressions and wow. train them from birth, essentially. I mean, those people are clearly very dedicated. <laughs> yeah. But, but I'm so fascinated by it. We've... I mean, and much more in tune with their child than I clearly am because <laughs> yeah. I did not see that pee this evening coming. That's That thing just trickled out. I had no idea. <laughs> So listen, this week's been an unusual one for you. I know you've had two good days, which is great, and you're feeling on top of the world. But at some point this week, you thought you were going into labour. Mm-hmm. You want to tell us about that? <laughs> that was a weird one. I mean, I don't know if I do want to tell you about it. I'm going to leave enough space either side of the story for you to edit it out. <laughs> if I later feel that I don't want it included. So... On Saturday, perfectly normal day, I had a very painful lower back to the mm-hmm. right-hand side, which has been happening overnight. I've been having a lot of hip pain, and this was really, really sore, probably the worst day that I've had it, and I was just ignoring it. <laughs> like, I'm just accepting it like any other just accepting pain at this yeah, point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, because nothing touch wood (laughs) nothing has been consistent in any of the symptoms that I've had so I'll be sick but then I'll do two days without sickness or something else will set me off or I'll have pain or (laughs) the bloody carpal tunnel there's just it keeps chopping and changing there's nothing like oh I have this solidly so I had really sore back pain Sandy went off to football super early. Thankfully, that meant that I could roll around the house like an ogre. Uh, So I was sick randomly. I had some breakfast and I was immediately sick. I had a very brief bath uh, to try and help the pain. I then went to bed and literally tossed and turned for two hours trying to get comfortable. And then I was texting my friends as I was coming out of my my dozing state in bed. And there was just this gush of water coming out of me. Which, at that point, you're thinking, well, we all know what this is. This is... Well, weirdly, the first thing I thought was, and that's exactly what the midwife said when we did the antenatal class, is holy shit, have I pissed myself? Because that's the feeling. It's like, there's so much water that you're just like, whoa. But obviously, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't feel like you're peeing. And um, actually, to be fair, at this point, especially with how pregnant you are, your muscles down there are under so much pressure that I think a lot of women do start to lose control um, of their bladder in that way. That incontinence becomes quite a, it's quite a common thing, actually. Yeah, but it definitely wasn't pee, but the amount of yeah. water... Felt that like, way. Felt that way. That's what I'm trying to say, yes. So I was like, whoa, okay. And I immediately, because I was in the middle of this text conversation with my friend, I was like, holy shit, I think my water's just broken. Stand up. And it was going all over the floor. There, it was no, like, there was no controlling it. 
Wow. <laughs> so it's like, oh my God. And my first thoughts were, because I've been having a lot of, in the low times, in the puking, painful, you know, in the bath at 4am times, I have been thinking, oh God, you know, what if something bad happens in this final stretch and if, you know, baby doesn't make it and I have to deal with all that Mm. after everything I've been through. (laughs) So my first thought was, oh, she's a goner. And then, and then I called the midwife and I tried to call Sandy. Sandy has an Apple watch that when his phone rings, it will ping on his watch. So even when he's playing football, he should get a notification that I'm phoning. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't going through. I think the phone was too far away from the watch. So I'm starting to panic a bit more. Called, couldn't find the bloody midwife assessment number. <laughs> Top tip, <laughs> save that, write it on everything. Yeah, actually, that's a really good, good bit of advice because we don't want to do too much advice in this this podcast. <laughs> but I did the same thing. And the last thing you need when you're in a panic, like you must have been in that moment, is to have to go through all the fucking documents that they've given mm-hmm. you to try and find the bloody number that they circled three times. I mean, they definitely <laughs> point it out to you. Um, take that number and put it somewhere that you can see it on a wall somewhere. Yeah, and and I have called it before, so I was like, why haven't I saved that? Is it in Sandy's phone? Anyway, uh, and I spoke to midwife assessment and they said, (laughs) and I've been told before that the midwives that work on that assessment unit, they're a different breed. They're very much like, we hear everything. So people call up all the time and say this thing's happened or I had a twitch here or should this be itchy? (laughs) They're like, we're dealing with emergencies here, okay? So they're very nice, but they are very to to the point. So she said at one point, and do you have a cold? And I was like, no, I'm just upset because obviously I've been crying. Yeah, you were sounding a little snotty. Yeah, I was definitely sounding snotty, explaining that all this water had just come out. And she said get maternity pad, lie down on your left-hand side and see if it continues. And then after half an hour on your side, get up and walk around for 15 minutes. And if it's still Niagara Falls down there, then you need to come in. But she said, your baby's 35 weeks. She'll be okay. Yeah. As long if she's delivered today or, um, you know, earlier than she should be but she did ask me what's the movement been like and that was what was panicking me the most because I hadn't had a good night's sleep I'd been up at half four till half six I think Mm -hmm. and she hadn't moved much and she's a really active baby Mm -hmm. so when they said oh what's the movement been like (laughs) I was like she's not really moved at all which was really like obviously heightening the anxiety I still hadn't got in touch with Sandy, so I was like, oh my God. So I had to text him and say, phone me ASAP. But by the time he got that message, I was lying on my side 
in bed thank god for the baby box because they have maternity pads in them because otherwise I wouldn't have had one (laughs) to put on Um, and they were asking things like you know is the mucus plug showing and all that but I didn't have any of that it was just a clear like burst of liquid water yeah like liquid which didn't smell like anything it was totally clear it was just water and thankfully Sandy got home from football after committing multiple traffic violations no doubt on the way back so we uh-huh. came in topless still super sweaty with his hair slicked back football <laughs> stuff thrown over his shoulders I think he'd ran out of the changing room and then spoken to me the whole way home and it was just really soothing to talk to him the other thing was I was having what can only be described as mild period pain mm-hmm. along my lower front at this point mm-hmm. so things were just adding up to holy shit we're going into labor but then nothing else happened so she she basically was like if there's no other movement it doesn't sound like anything else is happening if there is any more movement if there is any more water comes out then we'll take you in and we'll test the waters and we'll see everything but um the baby also woke up thank god when I was lying on my side which is maybe why they asked me to lie on your left anyway Mm, maybe so I could feel her moving around I was like okay she's in there and she's still moving about so yeah it was a real fright oh of course I mean that's just absolutely terrifying but did they not say that it could have been your waters because I know that people's waters can break oh yeah and they can be walking around for days not knowing that they're in labor yeah I mean there have been no other signs so that's the maddest thing and this is why you know I'm clearly not a medical professional (laughs) But there were so many signs to the point that the friends that I was texting were like, it sounds like go time. But the midwife assessment folk were quite, you know, they were quite confident. But that is a really interesting thing to happen. And actually, we'll probably never really know what happened there. But the baby is fine. You are fine. And is she still in there cooking? Which is, which is great. I think at this point, it's probably worth just checking in with our midwife, Carla, to find out how common this sort of thing is in pregnancy. During pregnancy, if you notice that you are leaking fluid, it's always best to give your maternity unit a call. We'll invite you in and we'll just do a simple test and an examination to see what that fluid is. Sometimes it can be urine, so especially at the end of pregnancy, your baby's that much heavier your baby's head's usually engaged deep down in your pelvis, which doesn't leave much space for your bladder. So you can sometimes leak some urine. However, that fluid could be amniotic fluid. So that's the waters that surround your baby. And again, they can break at any point during pregnancy. So we would always want to test to see what that fluid is. Is it urine or is it amniotic fluids? And then we can make a plan depending on what we find. Yeah, and the thing is, this is what boggles my brain about it as well, is that we've had a few people, lots of the mum squad, message us and send us voice notes 
about how they have lots of discharge they find that the most difficult or annoying Thing. part yeah I don't really have that it's not been something that's been an issue so it's not like oh I've been having this recurring problem and now there's yeah. loads of liquid coming at me that would add up more and yeah I, I it was it was just very very strange so I didn't have um the discharge either that wasn't an issue that I had but in the last week of my pregnancy so I gave birth in 38 weeks and probably from about 37 weeks I did call the maternity number because I thought that my mucus plug had come out but it turns out that it doesn't necessarily have to come out in one chunk it can sort of crumble away towards the end of your pregnancy and so because I was getting like a little bit of blood and stuff so I was panicking the minute you see blood and you're in late pregnancy you're like oh this is a disaster so they were very calm and they explained to me what was going on I was like do I need to worry that there could be infection now because that wall's breaking down they were like Mm. nah not really there's quite a lot of it there and the fact it's breaking down probably means it's you know it's producing as you go along so that wasn't really anything to worry about either but if you are getting sort of discharge maybe with blood in it that's probably a good idea to to give it always just give a midwife a call just to double check anything that you have sort of concerns about I would say and on that note let's get a little more information from our resident midwife Carla towards the end of pregnancy it's really normal for your discharge this can be pink jelly-like a little bit and we call this the mucus plug or a show This is a normal part of the end stage of pregnancy. It's a sign that your body is getting ready to get into labour and it's a sign that your cervix is starting to ripen, we call it, or get shorter and start to possibly dilate. So things are probably starting to happen. However, you don't need to ring us or let us know. This is just something normal that happens. If you are concerned, if you have got any red blood loss or any pains, or a lot of fluid with that mucus discharge, then absolutely give us a call. But your normal mucus plug is nothing to worry about. You just call up and, and have your fears um, relieved by these professionals because they are incredible and they have heard it all before and everybody has pregnancy different and everyone has different symptoms. But talking about incontinence, I didn't have incontinence and I haven't had incontinence since. I've been really lucky with that. I, I managed um, to... I think it's genetics, to be honest, because I did the exercises, but I'm sure there's lots of people out there that do the exercises that still get incontinent, so I don't want to blame it. I think I'm just very fortunate. But in the beginning, when I had the terrible morning sickness, or the all-day sickness, as we realised it's called, I started to get a really weird symptom where every time I was sick, I was so violently sick that I peed at the same time. Oh, yeah, like I was I the couldn't, same. I couldn't hold both in. That yeah, it yeah. was. In, in in any other time I've been sick many times in my life never once have I peed at the at the same time no it's because I, the contractions are so violent <laughs> like that that was one thing like and obviously. they just come on like that drop yeah. of a hat and also like, your bladder squished and all the rest of it and the, the muscles down there are under huge amounts of pressure but but if you are going through that now and you're peeing every time you're being sick it doesn't stay you doesn't mean you're going to be incontinent because I was really worried about that you'll be absolutely fine probably and I certainly was but it is a quite a shocker 
weirdly the the contractions you're talking about that retching and the sort of involuntary peeing but the reason that it's happening is because your stomach is contracting so hard that's what made me think I mean if I go into labor and my vagina does the same strength contractions that baby is gonna rock it out of here (laughs) it's gonna be like evil Knievel she will be skidding across the the floor the ward floor like a cannonball um, because it was so like you say so violent I mean I was the same I was sat on the toilet with a bucket on my knees so that I could pee yeah that is such a good idea because I didn't realize and I went the other way and I never had enough time to have a bucket in place so I just had to do a bit of mopping afterwards that was what was it for me no embarrassment here now if you're struggling with similar symptoms then here's Carla with a little bit more information. Yeah, sometimes towards the end of pregnancy, we can have a little bit of a dribble of wee. So that's because your baby's head is usually sitting nice and low down in your pelvis, ready for birth. And also that's putting pressure on your pelvic floor muscles, which is the hammock of muscles that sits in your pelvis. And also your bladder's in there as well with the baby's head. So there's not much space. So that pressure and your pelvic floor can cause you to leak a little bit. However, if you're actually incontinence, you're struggling to keep your urine in or any control of it at all, then please ask to be referred to a specialist physio because there are some exercises and things we can do to help. And I'd really recommend everyone get to know your pelvic floor, get to know your exercises and do them regularly. There's loads of information on NHS websites about pelvic floor and it's never too late to start them. So look after your pelvic floor and this will stand you in good stead for after birth when you're doing those exercises and getting things back to normal. The closer I get and the more I learn because I'm doing the antenatal classes and reading up more in depth and we have more appointments as you progress in your pregnancy. All of this stuff is absolutely batshit. Like everything we have to do and consider and the absolute endurance test that our bodies are going through. You know, learning to do about harvesting colostrum, how best to rugby hold your infant so that they can latch on properly uh, to your boob. The idea that if you have a C-section or there's other complications that your body hasn't told your brain yet that there's a baby to feed so it hasn't triggered your milk flow so it can take longer for your milk to come in whereas if you have a natural birth your body and brain are obviously working in sync and they're like we've just pushed a baby out of there it now needs fed and just all of these like really weird and painful and in a lot of cases wonderful and awful things that we have to think about as we progress in pregnancy and the early days of motherhood like if you were an alien and you came down and sat in these antenatal classes and found out the process of human birth and child rearing you'd be like this seems illogical and like we should somehow tweak this to make it better just the whole thing I think the reality is is finally setting in for me 
we're now talking about how long I'm likely to stay in hospital because they encourage you to stay in a bit longer if you're wanting to breastfeed so that you can get a bit more support. Also, you get the good drugs if you stay in the hospital and then you go home and you can only have <laughs> paracetamol. But because September is so busy today, everyone that was there, well, there was another girl with my same due date. There was two girls with a different due date in the same week, but we were all due the the same week as each other. And she was like, oh, you Christmas mums, because you know I've been wrapping your Christmas presents and putting your tree up. <laughs> That's uh, why September but, is so busy in terms of baby, yeah. babies being born. Is yes. It's exactly nine months after the Christmas holidays. Yeah. So we were all a festive bunch. <laughs> but she was saying, you know, normally I'd advise that you stay in hospital for as long as you can and you're probably going to be in here there for three days but you're all September babies so good luck <laughs> probably gonna need the bed they'll probably be tapping their watches saying okay the next three mums are in the hallway ready to to give birth so we'll I, I see was what in happens. there for 24 hours I wanted out as soon as possible so just see how you feel um, at the time and I got loads of support at home for breastfeeding the midwives were great just the local community ones and I think I got home on a Tuesday night and I was that I was called at 9am the next morning by the midwife saying that she was on her way around does she mind if I popped in I was like tremendous I have no idea what I'm doing this is great an expert coming around to my house to tell me <laughs> this is amazing um so kudos to the NHS for providing that sort of service I honestly can't thank them enough it was amazing um and I think we can call it there for a little podcast uh, tonight and I will tell you all about Otis's uh, snaggletooth next week <laughs> I'll let you go. I'll see you later. Okay, sleep well. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Mums in the Making. Join us next week when we'll talk about the ways to induce labour and baby names. Now, if you want to join us and become part of the podcast, then just follow me at Storm Huntley on Instagram and send us a voice note. But until next week, it's bye for now. <laughs>